Hello, this is Jason Gewertz, editor and publisher of Sports Travel, and welcome to another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. Our guest on this episode is Jason Parker, the founder and CEO of Event Connect, a cloud-based event management platform that's doing some fascinating things when it comes not only for participants registering for sports events, particularly amateur sports events, but for their experience overall at the event, from finding their hotels to finding restaurants to eat at in between games. It's a discussion that will dive into the approach that sports organizations are taking for their technology and why it's important for event organizers to embrace some of the amazing advancements that are being made available to them when it comes to their events. But before we begin, this podcast is being sponsored by the Teams Conference and Expo, the world's largest gathering of sports event organizers and the destinations and suppliers that serve the sports event industry. Teams 20 will be held at the George R. Brown Convention Center in Houston, Texas, October 19th through the 22nd, 2020. This year's conference will once again feature the co-location of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee's SportsLink and NGB Best Practices Seminars, as well as the annual symposium of the National Congress of State Games. For more details on everything we have planned at Teams, please visit teamsconference.com. And now, on to the podcast. Jason Parker is a bit of an entrepreneur. He began his career as the owner of Sports Tour Classics, a sports travel and hospitality company based in Scottsdale, Arizona, where he helped develop a line of premium event experiences. He then spent 11 years as executive vice president at Prime Sport, a hospitality and ticketing company that provides packages for fans to attend some of the biggest events in sports, from the NCAA Final Four to the Super Bowl. But it was his own experience observing events at the amateur level that led to the company that has now become Event Connect. Based in London, Ontario, and Canada, Event Connect has come up with a technology that allows event organizers to manage all their logistics and event registration on a platform that appears to be winning over event participants as well. In this discussion, I talked to Jason about his own background in the sports event space, the growth of his company, and perhaps most importantly, his thoughts on how the use of technology will change the landscape for sports events and sports event participation in the years to come. Simply put, if your sports organization is not embracing technology, there's a good chance you'll be left behind. So take a listen and hear what Jason has to say on that front and where some of this amazing technology is headed. Jason Parker, welcome to the Sports Travel Podcast. Thank you, Jason. Happy to be here. You're the first Jason we've had on the podcast. I think we may have to make that a requirement moving (laughs) forward, uh, even though it might limit the number of guests available to us. Hopefully it's not too confusing. (laughs) Thankfully, it's just the two of us, so hopefully we won't get too confused. Uh, Thanks for coming on. I've had the chance to get to know you a bit over the last couple years through your current company, Event Connect. I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing there and a little bit about technology in general at sports events, because you're at the forefront of that discussion in a variety of ways. But I wanted to start with your background. You're more than a bit of an entrepreneur. You worked for a number of years at Prime Sport, which is a ticketing and hospitality company that a lot of our readers and listeners are familiar with. But give me a quick background, starting with that experience there and how you got into the sports event space and how that eventually became Event Connect. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, it seems like a lifetime ago now, but uh in, in, uh, in 1992, a group of us um, settled down in Atlanta, Georgia, and with the concept and the idea of uh, wanting to figure out a nice way to go and, 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 and take part as a participant or just a, a spectator in, in all these great sporting events like the Super Bowls and Final Fours and bowl games. So uh, we came up with the idea of creating a 
almost like a sports travel um, travel agency. Uh, and so back then we were creating wholesale packages that we would sell to travel agencies for uh, groups and individuals to go to Super Bowls, Final Fours. But our primary target was uh, the bowl games back then. We would go in and target the cities that had the highest chances of participating in a game like the Rose Bowl and sell these uh, charter plane packages from whether it be Penn State, uh, Wisconsin, or, or whatever Big Ten school could be participating. And then we'd produce the packages as they uh, participated in the game out in Los Angeles. And um, and then we proceeded to do that for a, a number of years. Uh, and then as we branched off into some of the larger events like Super Bowls and Final Fours and even World Cups and Olympics, we created Prime Sport. Uh, and I think the real big shift that we recognized was when uh, a small group of us really took it in a direction to sort of align ourselves with the rights holders of these larger events um, to work with them in creating official packaging for their for for their large championships. So most notably, we were able to create uh, a long term relationship with the NCAA to help them create an official ticketing hospitality and travel package program to all their championships. So everything from the women's final four, men's final four, frozen four, college world series, you name it, we would put together the official packaging for that. And then as we continued to go, we worked with 20 of the 32 uh, NFL teams as their official fan travel partner. So we would, uh, we would consistently move every year, at least one or both of the teams to the Super Bowl and helping them and their fans and their season ticket holders and uh, their suite owners get to the Super Bowl. And then it just continued to progress in that direction as, as sort of online ticketing uh, started to dominate the industry. Uh, we continued to acquire a lot more rights holders as official partners and then ultimately amassing over about 120 different partners. Then some different transactions took place with the organization from private equity and whatnot, and it, and it grew in, uh, in, in a much different capacity. And uh, it's, it's, it's something that I departed back a few years ago, and, and that's really when I started to put a little bit more focus into the amateur sports side of things, which is, which is really how Event Connect came to be. Right. And why that transition? What was your interest on the amateur side? Well, it was, it, I had recognized as, as, as going as a spectator and, and participating in some of these events that uh, they were very poorly organized and they weren't intentionally poorly organized. Obviously, the, the, the organizer and the rights holder of the event itself was trying to do whatever they could, but there was breakdowns of communication. They didn't have enough people and resources to, to, to really produce the event as good as it could have been. And, and it was clear as day that there was no technology. So how, after coming from the prime sport world and, and the attention to detail and everything we needed to do to create quality packages that our you know partners and rights holders would be okay with putting their brand on, uh, I started to look at this, at this industry as something that was severely under-resourced. And at the time, I really thought that uh, technology could be one of the key contributors to them, uh, to helping them, you know, either be more efficient, grow their grow their organization, communicate much better, uh, make more money. Uh, so then I started to go down that road. 
So let's talk a little bit about Event Connect for those who aren't familiar or even for those who are. Uh, how would you describe the company? Are you an event management company, a technology company? What's the best way to describe what your company is doing for event organizers? Yeah, sure. And I know that it can be somewhat confusing at times, but we are a technology company. I mean, our, our primary focus is technology, but we also have a, a considerable service component to our offering uh, the partners that we work with. But Event Connect specifically, uh, our core product that, that came out into the market in 2015 was really a tournament management solution. So, so ideally what we have created since then is a, a large number of digital tools that allows an organizer to create a custom solution that they can own and use and, uh, for the likes of controlling registration, all payments, communication, via text and email with all of their participants, housing, reporting, post-event surveys, scoring and scheduling. Um, you can integrate a merchandising cart now to sell to sell product for your event. So all of these, these tools are available for any organizer to come into the Event Connect platform and create a proprietary solution for them in their tournaments that would work best. And therefore, it has created, you know, again, a lot of efficiencies for that rights holder. It's allowed them to market their event a lot cleaner and better. Uh, and therefore, they can also uh, use some of their, their other resources and manpower to help them with the production of the event. So we are, we are really like a digital toolbox for the, uh, for the tournament uh, management side of, uh, of the industry. And what does that look like on the other end? I mean, I'm a parent. I'm involved with athletic events and tournaments on that end with my son. What's the experience like on that end for someone who might register for their kids or be participants themselves? Absolutely. So, yeah, that's the, that's the thing that we wanted to create a lot of focus on. So creating an opportunity where the event organizers were able to put their own sort of look and feel and stamp on the experience that their teams and families would have when they were registering, securing accommodations, answering questions questions that they were that the organizer might want them to do so all those logos looks and feels for that tournament organizer would be displayed in that environment it would all be powered by the event connect platform itself but it would be a custom solution that that rights holder would have created on their own and then the experience is very fluid so the idea is to allow a team to register answer any questions that are required or provide any documentations that's required by the organizer in a really quick and digital and, and fashion, maybe answer any and acknowledge any liability waivers, and then be able to identify clearly and quickly the best hotel that would work for their for their for their team lock those rooms share it with the entire team that every individual family then can digitally book their own room within that team block and then what happens is as time continues to near before the event takes place there's a really an open and easy line of communication between the organizer of the tournament and each team and each family and what's the response been in the marketplace? How many tournaments are using your product at this point? And what's that growth been like? The growth has been fantastic. I mean, we're, we're continuing to, to improve the product and some of the different offerings that we create within the product. But we have grown up to now we'll do this this coming year over 4,000 tournaments on the platform and all varying, you know, formats and setups by each and each organizer there's 480 to 490 different national event organizers or rights holders that are currently using the platform 
We have over 12,000 hotels that have interacted with a digital group room contract on the system to provide inventory to accommodate the teams that are going to these tournaments. We've managed events in over 800 different cities. The platform's continuing to grow. I just think it's, I think it's, the more we learn about the industry as a whole, the more we realize that we're really only scratching the surface at this point. It's, it's, it's extremely large. And, and the idea that we're a multi-sport platform, I think, has presented a lot of unique opportunity for us. On any given day, we could have anywhere between 15 and 20 different sports transacting on the platform in a number of different events within each sport. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. You know, one of the things I've seen from you and your team, Jason, over the years is taking that data from all those different sports. You're one of the first organizations I've seen that's been able to use that to come up with some interesting stats, things like which sports have the most room nights per team, uh, which sports book the farthest out when it comes to hotels, and even down to the room rates you see based on different sports. That's kind of interesting. Was that one of the goals coming in, or was that a byproduct of the tools that you're using? Yeah, it was definitely a byproduct. I think what we continue to do is look deeper and deeper into early on understanding why certain events performed better than other events and uh, uh, why certain teams were, you know, using the system a certain way uh, and, and other teams not. And uh, and it allowed us to look at the data in a unique way. And, and it's been very interesting to learn those trends uh, and how uh, the difference between very elite level tournaments versus more of a, a, a lower caliber, uh, how they operate, how they are organized and, and what that means as a result of when they book, what kind of rooms do they really want and uh, how long are they going to stay and, and, and what are the important components to them. So every sport, it's it's even within each sport, there's there's a lot of unique trends that we've been able to uncover as we move along here. But it was certainly, a, yeah, to answer your question, it was a byproduct. When we look also at the overall economic impact of sports events, I think particularly amateur events where you have teams coming with their families, one of the things you've been able to do, which is also interesting to me, is how you bring in the local communities, even restaurants. You know, If you're a team at a tournament through your software, you can see restaurant deals near the tournament site and book reservations at a restaurant as well. Talk to me about that component. That's kind of interesting. Well, you know, and it aligns with one of our core principles. We, we've clearly defined the fact that we want Event Connect to be able to deliver on principles that are important to the overall industry. And, and we established two principles just over a year ago, and we continue to work aggressively against them. And one is, how can we increase the overall tournament experience, you know, have a more positive experience, less stress, integrated directions, you know, understanding when your game times are, if there's a delay at the uh, with your games um, at the arena, at the fields that you don't leave the hotel too early. Uh, all of these things to increase the experience and get a better and be understanding of what's what's in that city and available to you. But also, can we use technology in a unique way where we can help um, the organizers make more money, save money, which hopefully can in turn suppress and reduce the cost to participate in some of these tournaments uh, and and or to travel as as a whole. So. When you, when you ask that question about local restaurants, we're just scratching the surface on integrating local businesses, whether it be from merchandisers of sporting goods to restaurants to, you know, movie theaters to um, uh, family entertainment centers like Dave and Buster's to say, how can we 
not only identify that these these types of businesses exist in the city that you're going to go to, but can we pre-negotiate uh, with them discounts that would be specific and unique to the teams that are going to this tournament um, that would save them money? So ultimately, we're working on a plan where we hope that between the platform and the integrated app that we have in play, that we can save a given family X amount of dollars per weekend on, on money that they would have spent anyway, eating or, or, or buying, you know, uh, whatever sporting needs that they needed during the course of the, of the tournament. If we can help them save money on the purchases that they would have made anyway, we are really, uh, uh, you know, sort of accomplishing the goals that we have set out for ourselves. That sounds to me almost like a fundamental shift from your time, say, at Prime Sport, when you were dealing with people who were fortunately in a position to buy, you know, say, a hospitality package or tickets to the Final Four or the Super Bowl or an NFL experience, compared with the reality for parents and families of kids involved in amateur sports who, as you said, are trying to figure out where they can save some money here or there, uh, let alone the event organizers, to make it a more profitable situation for them with the resources they have. That's kind of interesting as well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely to the ends of the spectrum from the consumer standpoint, for sure. I mean, you're talking about a very expensive luxury package uh, to go to these high-profile events on the on the professional side. To us recognizing that, you know, it's very important for families to and, and parents to do what they can for their kids to participate in sports. We're strong believers that kids participating in sports has positive effects all the way around from, from health, from socializing to so many different things. But parents are, they, we hear it all the day, like they, like every dollar counts and they can save more money or go to another event because they saved enough money. Then that's, that's a great result for us. But I think we operate with the understanding that there is no excess funds in, in, the space, especially on a, on, on a family by family basis. And uh, as long as we keep that, you know, that at the forefront of what we try to do, I think that, that the technology has the, uh, you know, has the potential to really resonate and to a wider audience within, within all the amateur sports space. Yeah, technology in general inherently comes with some kinds of costs. Uh, you have to have someone developing whatever the software is. Do you find, Jason, in your conversations, whether it's your specific product or technology in general, is there a reluctance there on event organizers uh, to maybe jump into a particular technology, especially if they don't understand what it can do, uh, let alone what it might cost? I mean, what's that conversation like for you when you approach event organizers with your technology or others that you've seen out there? Yeah, it's a good question, Jason. I mean, I think what we've done is we've we've got a very unique um, model costing model that uh, that we've deployed here. And the reason we've been effective with it is because we're we're really the only multi-sport platform that does what we do. So by, by being able to have so much activity on the platform itself, we have been able to really distribute the technology at pretty much low to no costs to, to especially the, the, the rights holders. But, but I think that the, one, of the, one of the biggest obstacles that we encountered coming out was just, I think, the propensity or the, the attitude of organizers of wanting to really adopt technology. They've been doing things their own way for a long period of time. And I think there was, there, there was just a concern or, uh, or the unknown of, of transitioning the management of that tournament onto technology. I think that's, that barrier is continuing to break down as we move forward here. And, 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 and the discussion about technology is becoming more prevalent. We have a lot more case studies that can take, you know, some of the guessing or the concern out of it for, for new partners that want to come 
on board. But I, it was it was certainly a, a two year plus constant uh, struggle to show the technology in a way that would, would break down those concerns with the, with the individual rights holders to really just adopt it and change change their way of managing the tournament moving forward. But I think as as we've um, identified now there's there's a lot of benefits at the end of the day to it and uh, and the adoption rate is becoming a lot quicker Jason are there any particular trends you've been following when it comes to technology and events and we've been writing a lot lately about things like player tracking technology for athletes themselves and you know we've seen quite a bit in live streaming and automated production are there any things you've been seeing out there that have caught your eye or caught your attention yeah I mean all those things I think have been great you know you have the the a number of different products on the streaming side, which again is a great service and value to parents and families that makes it accessible to the one parent that can't go to the game or the tournament and they get to, you know, maybe watch it in live time or, or, or watch it a little bit later when they have the time to do so. So I think, so I think that's fantastic. You're starting to see some of these wearables now, you know, the shirts and that the, that the athletes wear or have technology within them that allow coaches on the sideline to monitor their vitals in a way that is, uh, you know, obviously protecting um, the safety and, and, and the health of, of the players and athletes. But then there's also some really neat technologies that are that are coming into the, you know, even the facility side of things. You know, there's these robots now that line the fields, you know, to, to effectively line the field in a manner that is set up for the right for the next game. So if it's seven versus seven soccer versus 11 versus 11 soccer or making that field now good for lacrosse, it can do these things. So I think it's a, it's an exciting time. There's a lot of new and unique technologies that, that are certainly coming into the amateur sports space in different sectors. It'll be interesting to see if it ever combines in the one, right? The whole landscape of it from yeah. registering for an event to helping to organize it to, you know, what's happening at the venue or physically on the athletes themselves. Uh, you wonder if there's a way to connect all these things down the road. Well, I do think that there's a there there is a chance for that in the future. I mean, if anything, I think that the industry itself, you know, four or five years ago, you know, was extremely disjointed and and didn't communicate across different parallels. But now you're starting to see these new technologies surface. And what would happen? I think I'd like to see happen in the future is that it really be again like a platform that has all the events available to it and it's really on the on the side of the rights holder that could come in there and select a streaming service select a, a registration platform select you know the, the survey solution that they want to use or or whatnot or what products that they want to sell to their teams and families that are coming in that they might find that are valuable but the idea is that uh, I think it, 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 there is a there's an opportunity in the future for having a distribution center to events uh, that allows all these other products Products like streaming products and, or augmented reality products or whatnot to exist to easily connect themselves with a, with a number of or a larger audience of events. Do you guys ever think about what your own company looks like in, say, three years, five years, let alone 10 years? I mean, technology is changing so quickly. Does it ever make you wonder what even your own organization is going to look like in a short period of time? It definitely does, because if you look back at the last two years, even it's uh, it, it's certainly taken a course that we could have never necessarily predicted. But I think I think we're going to stay really true to our core, uh, Jason. I think when we look at the you know what should we develop next, or you know how do we determine priorities, if we keep those two principles I had mentioned earlier at 
our, our forefront of our decision making. And that is, does this initiative help increase, you know, make the experience better and, and increase adoption of sports? Or does this, you know, initiative, will it help to lower the cost uh, to participate or to experience a, an event? You know, I think we're going to really align ourselves with those two principles for the next couple of years and, and see what, you know, see where, what uh, uh, direction the technology takes as a result of that. Right. And before we go, Jason, you do more than talk the talk on technology. You also have a conference you've started called Sportology. Tell me a little bit about that and what you do at that event. So this is the third year running now. We uh, we hosted in uh, in alignment with the uh, uh, Fort Worth Sports Commission, uh, and uh, and they've been great partners for the event. So the idea was three years ago when nobody was talking technology, and really to your question a little earlier, Jason, about how do you get rights holders and everyone thinking more along technology. We used it as a, a as an opportunity to just drive the discussion with cities, rights holders, hotels. Um, uh, event organizers of all different sports to come in, uh, you know, to to have a discussion as what's needed, what are the what are the what are the challenges, what are the concerns, and now this year it's really it's really started to evolve now into uh, this year we're going to have a lot of different products represented at the conference, you know, products in the spaces of wearables to streaming to uh, you know different technologies for facilities. So now it's really about keeping everyone up to speed on the and on the forefront of what some emerging technologies are available within the amateur sports space. And we're thrilled with the conference. We think it continues to create almost white paper directions for the next 12 months on what we hear is is most needed out there in the marketplace. And it just drives some great discussion. And when will this year's conference be? It's uh, March 25th to the 27th. All right. Well, we're about out of time, but I wanted to thank you, Jason, for taking the time to chat. It's always interesting to see what you and your crew there are putting together when it comes to technology and events. And good luck with your own conference coming up in March. And we'll see you at our team's conference as well in the fall. So uh, thanks, as always, for taking some time out. It's, uh, it's always great chatting with you. Thank you very much, Jason. I appreciate the support. and It was great talking to you today. This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And for more content related to the sports event industry, be sure to visit us daily at sportstravelmagazine.com. Until then, this is Jason Gowertz for Sports Travel, and thanks for listening.